And thanks to everyone for coming out. Um, tonight, the aim is to start a new series that I, I really want us to, that I'm really excited for, to be honest, um, called Disciple. And really, the, the idea is about how to live for Jesus in a post Christian city, because um, I think that's like really, really challenging. Um, by post Christian, I mean we live in a city that's kind of moved on from following Jesus. Uh, you know, pop science has made the idea like that you can believe in God and the supernatural increasingly like seem like an idea for stupid people or silly people. Um, secular culture is like constantly like deconstructing like the church, and basically um, it's come to sort of be like an institution that has had all of its flaws um, exposed, like with all the sexual abuse scandals and things. And it's come to be kind of considered as something to be abandoned or like a relic of the past. And in, in addition, like our culture is like hyper-individualistic, like life is about you and what you want and your thoughts and feelings. And freedom is like the ultimate ideal. And as a result, like we question any sense of like someone having authority over us or telling us how to live. And it's kind of pushed like the idea of Christian community like out onto the periphery. And so it's become increasingly difficult to, to be a Christian. Like Christianity and faith has become this kind of private thing, which you kind of do on your own terms, in your own way. And there's no place for others to tell you how to live. You kind of chart your own path. It's like pick a Christian faith that kind of works for you is kind of like the mantra of our culture, right? And the fruit of this that is that it can be so difficult to be a Christian and know how to live as a Christian. There's a guy called Mark Sayers, um, and he's like a Christian pastor slash kind of sociologist. And he talks about uh, stats on the average Christian these days, you know, in churches in Australia. The average Christian does not read the Bible regularly anymore. Uh, the average Christian doesn't tithe or give generously. The average Christian doesn't fast or practice Christian meditation. The average Christian considers regular church attendance once a month. Um, the average Christian is addicted to their iPhone. And the average Christian kind of has a low level anxiety like all the time. Um, I don't know if you relate to any of those. Um, I definitely relate to, to some of them. Maybe, maybe if you said, oh, all of them. I relate to all of them. Um, so the, the, the point is, all those things I was talking about there are like the basics of how people for 2,000 years have sought to grow in loving Jesus. And so if we're missing them, we're going to be like um, missing a great blessing that we have. So... This series, I'm calling it Disciple, Living for Jesus in a Post-Christian City. Um, and basically, I'm, I want to kind of take a deep dive into some of those fundamental things about um, following Jesus and being a disciple. So this first one is just called The Disciple. And um, we're going to be looking at uh, being a disciple. And um, really two simple points that I've got for us today before I kind of um, read the passage that I want us to, to read and pray. And that is that Christians, firstly... Um, are disciples, and secondly, that Christians make disciples. So where where disciples make disciples. So what I'm really getting at, and hard for us tonight, is that we'd see that Christians are disciples of Jesus who make disciples for Jesus. Um, so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to read a familiar one. Um, while you're turning to your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, I'm going to read from verse 16. Uh, a couple of resources um, that I want to give a real plug. If you really want to grow in the stuff that we're talking about tonight, and I'll mention them again a bit later on. Uh, Discipling by Mark Dever. Look, and it's all like 
big print as well, right? Can you see how thin that is? <laughs> right. It's like a short read, but it's like every word is gold in this book. This is so good. Discipling by, by Mark Dever. And then there's um, another awesome book that I'm reading at the moment called Side by Side by Ed Welch. Um, it's got two halves to it. Um, we need others. And the second part is others need us. Um, and it's a really, really awesome book as well. Side by Side, Ed Welch. Um, read that one. It's awesome. Okay, Matthew 28 um, from verse 16. Okay, familiar passage, but we're going to be looking at, about it from maybe a, a different angle. It says, it says this, let's read this, the word of God, and then we're going to pray. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Would you guys pray with me? Lord God, we just want to thank you so much for your word. We thank you that again. Um, that tonight we get to study it and, and listen to it and hear from you and be changed by it, Lord. And I, I just pray that's what would happen tonight. Lord, help us to freshly understand what it means to be your disciple, um, not just to be living in what our culture says or what we're familiar with or what we're comfortable with. Lord, we're, we're asking you to contradict us tonight. Like, Give us your perspective uh, on this word, Lord, and help us to be faithful. We want to grow in love for Jesus and we need your help. And so speak to us from your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, when I dive in um, to my first point that I want to speak about, and I'm hoping to speak for about, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes, and then we're going to break up and like just talk about it, right? Um, point number one, Christians are disciples. Um, kind of seems like an obvious point in many ways, like, oh, like, duh, like, of course, Christians are disciples. Um, but in a post-Christian like, city like Sydney, it's actually not that obvious because kind of the word and the meaning has kind of been lost in translation a bit. So a disciple means a follower of Jesus, but a follower in our language, like what we use all the time, um, to follow something, it kind of means to have an interest in it, right? Like I follow the Australian cricket team or like I follow this person on Insta or on Facebook or something like that. It kind of means in our culture to follow someone kind of means that you just kind of like them, if that makes sense. Um, In the same way, many people will say that they follow Jesus, but can seem more of a, like a hobby to them rather than their whole life. But a follower of Jesus is really someone who's decided to follow Jesus or follow in the footsteps of Jesus and for their whole life to embrace his teaching with everything that they have. Um, Jesus puts it this way in Mark 8.34. He says this. It says, And calling the crowd to himself with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So condition for following Jesus, according to Jesus, is that you have to deny yourself and you have to literally take up your cross and follow in his footsteps. It means your whole life embracing his way of living. So a follower of Jesus seeks to model their whole life on his. But that's not all there is. There's actually more to it than just that. A follower of Jesus is someone who actually has a personal saving relationship with Jesus as well. Um, they've come to a place of 
repentance and faith. Like they've decided that they're going to turn from living for themselves to, to put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And as a result, they've become united with Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit actually dwells in them. Um, you know, a follower of Jesus isn't just looking to live in his footsteps. It's more than that. They actually have a relationship with him. Um, Mark Dever, in the book I was plugging, Discipling, he says this. He says, being a disciple of Christ, in other words, does not begin with something that we do. It begins with something that Christ did. When Jesus comes and he opens your eyes so that you begin to see him and love him and want to come after him, that's where it all begins. We become united with him, one with him. Um, I love what Paul says in like Romans 8.11. He says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So the true disciple is more than just following Jesus. It's actually joining Jesus himself. Like you and Jesus have become one. And so we seek to give our whole lives to him, but also we're joined in this intimate relationship to him. Um, the reason why I say this is that there's many people out there who would say, you know, I'm a Christian, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus, but they're not actually interested in or willing to obey what Jesus teaches with every aspect of their lives. There's some things that they sort of pick and choose, like, yeah, I'm into that, but not into that. Um, for instance, I go to church on Sunday, but when it comes to relationships, like I do whatever I kind of want, right? Or I read the Bible occasionally, but actually studies and career right now, they're really my focus, to be honest. Or I pray when I need something, but Jesus isn't on the radar with how I use my money. Um, he's just not my everything. He's not my all. Um, Mark Dever, again, from that book, I love what he says here. He's, he's so good. He says, to be a Christian means to be a disciple. There are no Christians who are not disciples. And to be a disciple of Jesus means to follow Jesus. There are no disciples of Jesus who are not following Jesus. So it's not optional. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're all in. Um, you're saying, I am following after you. I've got this relationship with you. Whatever you want from me, Jesus, I'm going to do it. I'm following you. To be a Christian is to be in a personal relationship with Jesus and to be his disciple. And you see, the Bible teaches that he, he bought us at this great cost. And so we belong to him. And that's such a precious thing. It's not possible to be in a part-time relationship with Jesus. You're either all in or you're not. We can't both follow him and be unwilling to follow him and what he says in some areas of our lives. Like we either following Jesus or we're not following him. Um, to be a Christian is to be a disciple. Now, the question I want you guys just to sit on and think about a little bit is, is this. Do you view yourself as a disciple? Like, do you view yourself that way? Is that your goal in life, to grow in obedience and likeness to the Lord Jesus? Um, as disciples, I think God's given us like so many different tools and things to help us in this, you know, to help us grow. Um, he's given us the Bible. He's given us fasting. He's given us prayer. He's given us the gift of actually being able to give things to others. But one of the greatest gifts he's actually given to us to help us in this, in being disciples, is actually the gift of other people. Um, read again those verses from Matthew 28, um, verse 19 again. So familiar, but I just want to read it one more time. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you, even to the end of the age. So Jesus calls us to make disciples 
But here's the thing. We became disciples because others obeyed Jesus and helped to disciple us in the first place. Um, another passage that, that I just absolutely love on, on, on this topic of the fact that God uses others to help us you know, grow and become disciples is Ephesians 4. So if you have um, your Bible there, it doesn't matter if you don't, because I'm going to read it anyway. Um, I'm going to flick over to Ephesians chapter 4. Um, this is like the second half of the letter to Ephesians where Paul's like, he's been unpacking the gospel and now he talks about like the implications of the gospel. In Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 14, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. It's such a cool verse. Like God's given us like evangelists. Um, he's given us shepherds and pastors and teachers to equip Christians to help us mature and, and become like Jesus. And, and really the church community is like the primary place in which we, like through God's grace, we grow and we change to be better disciples, more like Jesus. Um, but read on in verse 15 and 16. It says this, rather than being tossed to and fro, he says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who's the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We're also called to, I don't know if you call it that, grow up together into Christ as we speak the truth in love to one another. So under the oversight of like elders and um, teachers and, and evangelists, like the Jesus community is called to equip itself, like to build itself up. So pastors equip the saints to be able to then build one another up. Like, so we, we need other people. As disciples, we're called to be discipled in the context of the Jesus community, like in the context of the local church. So here's really the key question that I really want us to spend some time thinking about. And we're going to talk about this later. Um, it's, if that's the case, who is discipling you? So if one of the main gifts that God has given us is other people to help us grow to be more like Jesus, who is discipling you? Who's helping you to follow Jesus? I want you to think about that for a little bit. You know what? Like... Discipleship, like in many ways, happens on a Sunday morning, like as we gather together. Um, for those that are part of the church already, like um, it happens also in like our small groups and things. But one of the most wonderful places it happens, like in the church community, is actually one on one um, when we meet with someone else. Um, that's such a special thing, and you see it all throughout the Bible as well. Like Second Timothy one thirteen, Paul says this. He says to Timothy, "Follow the pattern of the sound words." that you've heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. You know, every Timothy needs a Paul in their life. You know, needs someone to encourage them and help them to grow. It's a gift from God. Follow the pattern of sound words you've heard from me, Paul says to Timothy. Follow my example, um, Paul says. Um, Philippians three seventeen. Paul again, he says this, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. You know, um, when I was... Uh, a bit younger than, than I am now, like I never really 
thought much about this, like the influence of others in my life. But, you know, for all of us, if we've been walking with Jesus for a while, you sort of think back on your story. And over the years, there's always key people in your life that have sown into you and, and, and helped you and, and set an example that, that um, for me at least, was so influential in my, my growth as a Christian. And it's one of the most precious gifts that we have. And one of the real greatest obstacles to really growing as a disciple, and it's been throughout most of my life, probably until the last five or ten years of my life, um, has been pride. Like, I've been actually just too afraid of revealing to someone else my weaknesses or, or even just asking someone else for help to grow, you know, and yet... It's one of the greatest opportunities to grow is found in just humbling yourself to ask someone to help you. Uh, if no one is currently discipling you, uh, here's my challenge. Um, think about someone in our church community who you know uh, of the same gender, um, man, guy and girl, discipling. Could I disciple you? <laughs> no, you mean date. That's different. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we could meet up for coffee every week. Someone of the same gender who you know and respect. Um, and humble yourself. Humble yourself and ask them to disciple you. If they say no... Don't be devastated. They might just have a lot on. They might not be able to do it. Um, pluck up the courage again and ask someone else. And if they say yes, think about an area of your life that you'd like to grow in. Uh, pick a resource from the discipleship resource list that we have online. If you don't know where it is, uh, go on the website under Connect. You'll see there's an icon called Disciple Discipleship, and you'll find it all, all there on, on the website. It's just a list of books and talks and resources and stuff under about 13 different topics from like manhood and womanhood through to how to read the Bible through to evangelism whatever you know you might want to work on um, look through the resources pick something that you might like to do and ask them if they'll go through it together um, but in addition to that pay close attention to their life um, study how they live what are their non-negotiables how do they treat Sundays what are they like with their family how do they deal in conflict and as you watch them closely just Follow their example as they follow Christ. Um, so that's my first point. Um, Christians are disciples. But secondly, not just Christians are disciples, um, but Christians make disciples. This question, uh, again, my, like I was, did not think this way about church at all, but I, I want you to just think about this question. Do you believe... It's your responsibility to help build a healthy church. I want you to think about that. Do you believe it's your responsibility to help build a healthy church? Well, here's the, the teaching of the Bible. If you're a Christian, it is. It's your responsibility. Firstly, Jesus commands you to do it, uh, to make disciples, that is, in the passage that we've been reading. Go and make disciples. Jesus says it. Not as an option, as a command, actually. 
Secondly, Paul tells you to speak the truth in love so that your church will become mature, as we were reading before in Ephesians 14, uh, 4, 13 and 15. Thirdly, Peter calls you to use your gifts to serve others in 1 Peter 4.10. And lastly, Jude says to build yourselves up in the faith in Jude verses 20 and 21. If you're a Christian, it's your responsibility to help build a healthy church. That falls on us as Christians. It's our responsibility. And one of the primary ways we do this is by obeying the command of Jesus to make disciples. Well, what does it mean to make a disciple? Discipling is really simple. It's simply helping someone else to follow Jesus. That's all it means. Um, I really like Mark Devers' definition. Um, He puts it this way. He says, Discipling is deliberately doing spiritual good to someone so that he or she will be more like Christ. Deliberately doing spiritual good towards someone to help them to be more like Christ. I think... That's an awesome definition. So as followers of Jesus, we're called to pour ourselves out for the sake of others, to give ourselves to helping others in their walk with Christ. But if we're honest with ourselves, if I'm honest with myself, so often that's not actually our practice. It's not what we do. Um, Again, out of that book, Discipling by Deva, um, he's got this quote. I want to read it to you because the first time I read it, I found it really convicting. He says this, He says, if you have never seen pigs come to a trough for mealtime, you can probably imagine it. Pushing, shoving, snorting, swallowing as much as they can with no thought for others. Here's a funny question worth thinking about for a moment. Is that how you attended church last Sunday? No, I'm not calling you a pig, but stop and consider. Where did you park? What time did you get to church? Where did you sit? Who did you speak to? Each one of these decisions provided you with an opportunity to give yourself to others and to join in the work of Christ. Or they provided you with an opportunity to look out for yourself and do what is best for you. So which was it? Did you consciously strategize how to bless others with each one of those decisions? Being a disciple of Jesus means orienting our lives towards others just as Jesus did. It means laboring for the sake of others. This love for others is the heart of discipling. We set our sights on serving others for for Christ's sake, just as Christ came into the world not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The discipling life is an others-oriented life. It labors in the power of God to proclaim Christ and present others maturing Christ. That is the pattern we see in the Bible. Isn't that a challenging passage? Thinking about pigs at a feeding trough that are just absorbed with getting stuff for themselves. And yet, so often I think, if I'm honest with myself, that can be my attitude towards others. You see, discipling is actually about being outward focused. It's about loving God so much that you love the people He loves and you seek to point them to Jesus. Well, if, again, you're anything like me, I think that kind of raises a couple of like questions. And the first one is, well, how do you actually disciple someone else? What do you actually do? You see... Like we've been talking about, discipling someone else isn't about following some specific program or something like that. It's not a technique, but it's about helping someone else to follow Christ. The first thing I think um, we do is we want to set out to to 
be disciple makers and to be obedient in this is to set an example in following Jesus. I think that's the, the very first place to start. Um, that's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11. He says this, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And I think that's the basic call of a disciple, that we follow others as they follow Christ, and we try to set an example personally of what it means to be faithful to Jesus. I think partly, like maybe in our Aussie culture, you can feel a bit uncomfortable with that idea. So setting an example, like isn't that like really proud? But no, it's not, because actually setting an example is setting an example in serving others, actually. Um, it's, it's modeling for others a pattern of being faithful to Christ, modeling confession, being the first person to confess where you sin against someone, you know, modeling an example of repentance, turning like publicly like, or you know, with a group, like repenting of different things, you know, of service, being the first person to wash the dishes and to just be bothered about laying your rights down for the sake of other people. Modeling an example of depending on Jesus in prayer and, and coming to Him and spending time with Him. Modeling uh, an example of setting an example of joy and of love and of kindness and of prayer and of reading and fasting and, and witnessing. You see, discipling, I think, is different from mentoring. Mentoring is kind of like where you kind of give advice, whereas discipling is a bit more like, watch my life as I follow Jesus. And in that sense, it's really convicting to think about. So the first thing I think is we start by setting an example in following Jesus. Um, the second thing is what we do is in, in the same breath, we just go after someone to love and serve them with no strings attached. Like uh, Mark Dever said, we just start stepping towards other people just to purely just to love them, just to serve them in some way, do spiritual good to them. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He came down after us. He set an example in pursuing us. Um, he came as a servant to serve. And that person that you're making steps towards, they might not even be a Christian at this point in time. They might be someone who's not following Jesus at all. Or they could be someone who's a Christian. They could be someone in your group or someone who's younger than you in, in youth or even within this group. And just looking to bless them. How could I be a blessing towards that person? How could I love them and point them to Jesus? How can I let them know that just I'm praying for them and, and pray for them? Um, thirdly, not just setting an example, not going after people to love and serve them, but helping someone to love and to follow Jesus. Um, Colossians 1, 28 to 29 says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. You see, disciple making is about teaching people to love and follow Jesus, to present them mature on the last day. And Paul says, this is actually hard work. I toil and I struggle doing this. But here's the beautiful thing. But God provides the energy with the energy that he provides. So that's the first question. What do we actually do? We, we set an example. We seek to, to just love people. And, and we try and help people to follow Jesus. Um, but how do... How, well, I think the second question that I think is most common to ask and which I've thought about in the past as well is, but how could God actually use me? I don't know if you sit there and, and think that as well. Like... Okay, that's great, send an example. Or not doing a great job of that. Going towards someone in love and to serve them. Or not sure how I would do that or how I feel about that. Helping them love and follow Jesus. How would God actually, could God actually use me? You know, so many people never answer the call to make disciples because they feel they're not qualified to actually do it. I'm not good enough of an example. My, my faith is just too weak. I could never do it. Too much brokenness. I've got too many problems of my own. Uh, not enough Bible. I don't know enough of the Bible to be able to help someone else to know, you know what's in the Bible. 
I love what Ed Welch in that book, um, Side by Side, he says this. He says, your neediness qualifies you to help others. Your neediness offered well to someone else can even be one of the great gifts you give to your church. You will inspire others to ask for help. I think that's so true. Your neediness doesn't disqualify you from helping others. It qualifies you for the task. Um, Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 12.9. He says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See, weakness isn't an obstacle to being used by God. It's His chosen means of working. And so if you feel weak, you're just in the right place to be used by God. Um, and so the question I kind of want to leave you with on this is, if you're not discipling anyone at the moment, what are the names of one or two people that you might be able to do some spiritual good to so that they might become more like Christ? Uh, we're going to have some time to, to pause and, and to think about that. But I just want to challenge you to think about the names of a couple of people that maybe you could start doing some spiritual good towards so that they might become more like Christ. Well, Christians are disciples. Christians make disciples. Christians are disciples of Jesus who make disciples for Jesus. Why don't I pray for us? Um, and um, then what we're going to do is we're going to break up into small groups. And um, we're going to spend some time um, looking at some questions that I'm going to give you guys. Why not pray? Look, I just want to thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it's living and active mm. and sharp and two-edged sword. I just pray for us now as we divide up into groups and we move into a time of Q&A. Lord, just, I just pray, just keep working in and through your word, Lord, helping us to see, yeah, we're called to be disciples. And yes, you will strengthen us and help us to be faithful to make disciples as well. Mm. Lord, you love to use weak people like me and so i just pray yeah you just really reaffirm that calling upon our lives in jesus name we pray amen